This movie makes Tiny Lister the president of the the world, and and I you're know, you're the gonna only complain. Redeemable thing, Debo, <laughs> President Debo. That's my boy, Tom. You got knocked the fuck out. Well, we've had Fifth Element circled on the old uh, on the old calendar uh, for quite a while because uh, I think the Fifth Element is a remarkably interesting film, and better still, remarkably polarizing. From the time it was released, critics and general audiences alike, I think people either really like this movie slash love it, or really don't get it slash don't like it very much. Uh, I don't think there's much gray area uh, in the fandom of this film. So uh, I knew it would be fun to talk about, uh, and I also presumed and then learned that you had never seen it. Uh, and as, as a course. Chris Tucker aficionado, uh, I, I <laughs> <Thank> think <you. laughs> this is, this is pretty you. quintessential uh, Chris Tucker. Come on, Sean! Come on, Sean! So why don't you tell us, Keith? As a 40-year-old man watching The Fifth Element for the first time, newly 40, happy belated birthday, Keith. Thank you very much. Thank you to those at home who wish me, none of you did, you pieces of shit. I'm just kidding, I love you. You were saying? <laughs> What'd you think, Keith? Let me, let me have it. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like this is a, a, a fan favorite. Like, I'm already beating around the bush. I'm already, I'm nervous. It's a, I'm this is nervous a trap episode. Because I'm, this is a classic Keith Macri trap episode, and I, for one, Yeah, I don't like it. it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> because I, I, did, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like it. And I hate to say, I, I don't like to say that I, like, just blatantly, because that's what people want to know, like, yes or no, hard take. Like, did you like it? Did you not? You hated it. And I'm, you hated like, it. I didn't really like it. I don't. I, I'm on the. I'm on the other side of this. But I know you like it, and I know it has a big cult following. I talked to somebody uh, at work who who's a big sci-fi guy, and I said, you, "You like the Fifth Element?" It was, "Oh yeah, love it. Totally, it's great." And it's like I think if you're on, in the club, this is a this is a movie you love. But I just don't understand why. So I'm, I want to ask more questions than I want to provide takes, hot takes. Because I don't really, I don't want to sit here and bash the movie because I don't think it's bad. Like I don't, I don't think it's, nothing like strikes me as like, oh, this is just awful. I just kind of feel like I don't get it as to like why this is a, a, such a quote unquote beloved film. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't really see it. If, so I don't know where to start. If you guys haven't learned to read between Keith's lines yet, he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that you did not like it uh, very strongly, and you don't want to just say that because you know the the commenters are are lurking. Yeah, for you. I'm afraid of you, monsters. I'm afraid of afraid of you guys. Here's here's my thing. Here's my biggest thing. Here we can we can start here. Going into the movie, I really thought it was going to be a lot more adult, and then I watch it and I go, "Is this for children?" And again, I don't mean that condescendingly. But a lot of, like, the music really stuck out to me as, like, this is childlike. And the performances outside of Chris Tucker, because that's, like, Chris Tucker's point is to be a cartoon character. So I kind of excuse him a little bit. 
but it, a lot of the performances and a lot of the beats in the film are just like this kind of, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> silly, goofy, kind of like childlike. The thing that's really stuck out to me is uh, when when Bruce Willis is in, he's trying to get someone in the closet. He's like, get in the closet, get in the And it was just like, whoa, like, it's just that kind of energy where this is like, oh, this is cartoon-like. This is for children. And as a 40, recently 40-year-old 40 man, uh, I, I just, I, maybe I just don't identify with it. I just, maybe if, it, if I watched it when it first came out, I would have thought it was more fun and playful. I think, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. It's, a, it's, yes, I love this movie. I love it. But I can acknowledge that it's very strange and uh, that it's very, like, it's tonally very strange. Like, I, I, I watched it when it came out and loved it, loved it, and then watched it obsessively for, like, years after that. Like, I think it came out when I was 13, prime age to see it, and then throughout my teenage years, I just watched it all the time. But why? Why did you, why do you like this movie? Well, I mean, I honestly think uh, the number one thing to like about it is originality and creativity. I think it, I think for whatever flaws it has, and it does have flaws, I think it is so uh, original and the, and the design, like the world building, the, the production design, the costume design, like the visuals of this film from really all aspects of what that entails in filmmaking, from cinematography to, to all the qualities I just mentioned, I think are like pretty amazing. Like, like. I don't want to. I don't want to speak too grandly here, but like amongst some of the best in in my memory, especially at that time, like this film, watching it in 1997, 1998, it felt like again for all of its flaws that I even recognized back then, where I was a little like a little bit unsure about it, a little bit unsure about the the the, the over the topness of like Gary Oldman's performance and and things like that. That maybe I don't get every little thing. But I could, I really thought like, this is unlike anything I have ever seen before. Unlike anything I have ever seen before. And that goes a really long way. And that to me is the stuff that holds up the best on rewatches now, even 25 years later, where you're like, shit, man, like the, the, the thoroughness of the creativity in the design of this film is really like, it's as good as there's been really. Well, I don't know if this is specifically what you're referring to. I usually, we, we have to have our obligatory conversation about practical versus uh, special effects. Uh, and, I, and this obviously a lot is uh, practical effects. When I watch this and I watch the uh, aliens or the, uh, the different races of, of species of people or not even people, they look like costumes. And I don't know if that's what you're referring to when you say like world building and, and this design. But I, but I watch this, I go, this would be better with special effects <laughs> rather than people in costumes because they look like people in costumes. I can't, I couldn't, again, it almost feel, felt like campy. When I'm watching it, I, I, I say, is this intentional? Because I've seen much better costumes earlier than 1997. Like the Ninja Turtle costumes are worlds better. Than, than these alien guys. It looks like they're like squishy. Like I can feel the foam <laughs> in their faces. <laughs> like when they walk, it seems so unnatural. It just, and again, I'm not trying to pick on it. Like I'm not, yeah, I you understand are, but it's, it's okay. Not, it's okay. It's not, you're allowed good. to I'm feel not, this way. 
I, I feel bad. I feel I feel, I feel bad. bad. But I don't know if that's what you're referring to because I just I disagree if that's what you're referring to. If you're well, no, just I, I'm referring, referring to just the general creativity. I'm referring to everything. Uh, like the literal world building, like the way that they designed Earth to look like in 20, whatever this is, 23, whatever. Uh, yeah. All aspects of the technology and the sets and once they go out to Floston Paradise and the, the design of the ship and most of the costume design just in terms of like clothing. Uh, I'll agree with you that, that that one race, like the sort of dog face looking bad guy ones that can morph I forget what they're called. There are there are extended parts of it with their faces that don't look great. <laughs> like, but then there are other parts where I could see that it's almost like what we've uh, pined for, where it's it's somebody, it's a real thing, but there's there's a digital aid to the face. I think in some of the better parts, you can see that there's mm. they're helping the the movements. But in some of the shittier parts, it's just these really mechanical like eyebrows raising and stuff. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, and I personally, just uh, as an aside, never really loved the design of those beans that are the caretakers, uh, like the bird-like face, big hulking round things yeah. that come in at the beginning. Like I, in I don't the love beginning, that design, that, that, but that they're kind of goofy too. <laughs> I know. I just again, I kind of chuckle. They, 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 I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just made me chuckle. Yeah, no, you... And then I just don't know if that's, like, the point. So much of this movie, I just didn't realize, like, am I laughing? Are they in on the joke? Or, like, are we laughing together at kind of a little bit how silly this this kind of whole, whole thing feels? Or are we taking this seriously and I think then then it becomes a lot worse? My my, my look at it is that the film, what one of the things I think it does well, I think anyways, is it, is it doesn't really take itself too seriously. I don't think this movie thinks it's anything that it's not. I think this is very much a good time, kind of goofy, and it knows it's it knows it's goofy. It knows it's having a good time. Like I, I, it's not yeah. it's not it's not uh, it harbors no delusions about <laughs> like like what it's doing. Luc Besson, the the writer and the director, he he wrote he started writing this when he was a teenager. I think that the movie is very fresh, very young. It's just it's just for fun. And so that kind of shines through. Like uh, that's what uh, that, that's the, the energy is that there's a very youthful energy to it for sure. I think this movie does a great job of just being like a good time for like a wide audience. And so if you go into it and you have certain expectations of like, oh, this is this is going to be like this a more adult sci-fi or something, then I can see being turned off by it. Because as yeah. I rewatched it. Well like somewhat recently, prior to this time, I just rewatched it uh, today. I watched it and I was like, man, I'm surprised I loved this movie so much. Like, I do love it and Me I too. still love it. <laughs> but there is this degree of like corniness and and like self-aware campiness that really usually turns me off. And so my my only real explanation for that is I saw it at the right time and it, yeah. it, it stayed with me. Yeah, I think that's just the the difference is that you saw it when you were 13 and I didn't. I I can't imagine you liking this film if if you saw it today like I did. If I saw it, I can't imagine you liking it. I I tried to look at that through the today's watching of it. I tried to be like what would I think if I was just seeing it for the first time? And there are moments where I would like roll my eyes out of the sockets like 
when the military guys come to tell him and recruit him for the mission and he shoves them into the freezer and they, you know, they go under and they come out at the end and they're frozen solid, like clearly dead, but they're not dead. It's just like this joke that they're frozen and the, like those kind of things or, or the, the guy who's trying to like, like rob him and uses the helmet thing as the, the window hat. And then he's like, that guy's tweaking out, like whatever, maybe that's part of what he's supposed to be doing, but like, oh yeah, do, do you like it? Like that guy's performance is so over the top. Like it, it, he's like doing his little dance when he's frustrated and shit. Like that stuff is weird. Uh, it's very weird and it's not really my style, but I think I would look at it and realize the, the greatness, again, I'm gonna keep harboring on this, of the design, of the originality. Like I think the story, for, for like an original sci-fi film is, is really creative and really original. And I think, again, the design of most things, like the costume design by the great uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Go Am I saying that right, babe? <laughs> she loves Jean-Paul uh, Gaultier uh, is, this, is this famous fashion designer who does these really like transformative, like interesting looks and that guy, I was reading about, like, he, he designed the costume with, like, every last extra. Like, in the big symphony scene, there's 900 people in that room. And, he, and this guy, this famous designer, did everybody's outfits. Today we have this big, huge crowd, like 900 people. He was at the entrance of the set, and he was checking the 900 extras one by one before they come in the set. And, like, the, the attention to detail in this film uh, in terms of those little uh, design elements and and just little little like like the way they present the future like the cigarettes the, to make you quit the filter just gets longer and longer and the the actual cigarette gets shorter and shorter and uh, the flying cars and the the technology of like reconstructing a, a body from just a, the cells like all that shit is just so cool and so like original and that's the kind of stuff you want to see in a sci-fi film. That stuff I think should be appealing to really all ages. Yeah, if done better. You don't think that part's <laughs> done? Like what, how, how, can you, how can you disagree with no, this no, no. film being like creative and original? Uh, because I feel like that only gets you so far. Maybe I'm not, like when I say I've done better, I mean like you have some, there's some good elements, but if you're baking a cake, the, the, the ingredients that go into the cake only get you so far. It's how you prepare it and how you make it and, and how you serve it that ultimately decide whether that cake is good or not. Just because you had the, the purest sugar you could possibly have to make the cake as perfectly sweet as you want it to be doesn't mean it's a good, gonna be a good cake. So yeah, you have some great creative elements, you have some good world building, you have the costume design is really well done. Like sure, we, I, can, I can meet you at some of these, these places. But, the, but like, oh, this whole package that I'm being served, I feel like some of that stuff gets lost. It's hard for me to sort of like buy into it. Did you like the direction? Because that was very present in this film. Everything was very, pronounced, it, it felt at times like an MTV show from the mm -hmm. early 90s. Yeah, very stylized. Stylized, wi wide lenses, sort of Missy Elliott, Busta Rhymes kind of music video feel to it, like push zooms, you know, like snap, you know, like here or there, pronounced, a lot of sound effects that are like helping those movements of the camera. Jean-Baptiste, Emmanuel, Zorg. Bing, da, 
you know, like, again, cartoonish is the, is the word that keeps coming to mind. Like, does that land with you? Are you, do you like that? Do you like that presentation? It does more than it doesn't. And it certainly did in 1997. Uh, like, I, I think it, that all of that was a part of, wow, I've never seen something like this before. And I think, like to me, a point I, I thought of as I was watching this today is this movie is so far ahead of its time while simultaneously being the most of its time film <laughs> in so many other ways. Like it's a really interesting uh, juxtaposition of these two things. Because uh, to me, I think a lot of that directing and the editing is really cool. And at the time was stuff that I had never seen before. Like a lot of the cross cutting between like obviously the the symphony scene of the opera scene where she the the woman is performing and 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 Mila Jovovich is is beating people up time to the music and like all that stuff was was really cool like because you're like oh shit like I haven't or uh, Gary Oldman in an early scene like opens a case and it's empty and he looks at the aliens he goes it's it's empty and then it cuts back to Bruce Willis and the priest what do you mean empty empty and it's cutting back between these two scenes. Like, all that stuff was really exciting and interesting, and that, that heavily stylized look, uh, heav heavy use of music to aid uh, a lot of the, the transitions and, and that style that we're talking about. Like, all that stuff was really cool and unique and different. So I really loved that stuff back when, and I like a lot of it now. Like, it's, it's interesting to me that I was reading, like, the set design team was spearheaded by these two famous French comic book creators and artists. And so they, so I think the film was meant to have sort of this like space opera comic book feeling. And that's probably why there's so much like cartoonishness to it. Like that's kind of what it's supposed to be. But yeah, like if I watched it now with, with not really any of that context, I, you know, I'd be turned off by some of that, that kind of cheesiness and some of like the, the corny sound effects and stuff like that, sure. Yeah. I ask you this because I'm not a, I'm no stranger if you're of you're a fan of the program like I'm not a big sci-fi guy in general so take whatever I say clearly with a grain of salt I, I I think you're more of one than than I am so I I ask you the question and I mean this in, in sincerity I, I don't say this to be you know funny or whatever does all sci-fi have like a tone of goofiness to it because it is sort of so outlandish or or is that just my been my experience that I feel like majority of sci-fi not all obviously there's examples you I'm sure everyone can name but it feels like majority has a little bit of hint of like self-awareness a little bit of a wink and a nod to the camera that this is a little out there am I incorrect in 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 thinking that yeah yeah I think that's I think a lot of the mainstream sci-fi stuff will probably have an element of that uh, just to make it more universally appealing, to sort of like add a little humor to this otherwise maybe like dark and fantastical uh, uh, genre. But there's a ton of like Alien and really most of the Alien franchise. Like that Alien mm. film. I, see, I wouldn't even think Alien is a sci-fi thing, but I guess you could. That doesn't read sci-fi first to me, but I guess because well, like, it's just a great movie. It's like sci-fi horror. Yeah. yeah, it's like sci-fi horror. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. And then you look at a movie like The Thing, which also is sort of sci-fi horror. Um, and then you look at 2001, you know, A, a Space Odyssey. Uh, there, you look at Event Horizon. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dark sci-fi films, 
But like like I'm saying, I think most of the widely released stuff is is has a little elements of that to make it more palatable for people where you're like, oh, it's not just horrible things happening in, in space or something. Or <laughs> So no, there's a wide variety. There's a wide variety. You, okay. you mentioned the performances uh, and having problems with some of the performances. Why don't you, why don't you single some people out? <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I, I don't think, I mean, if anything, the tone is consistent. <laughs> I think Bruce Willis is probably the least because I think also that's his character. His character is the least, so, you know, he's sort of mellow and, you know, your, your typical, I don't want to say typical, but your typical Bruce Willis kind of attitude. He's cool as uh, shit. Attitude. He's cool, yeah, that's laissez-faire kind of attitude that, that he is known for and he is perfected. Uh, so again, I don't, it's, I don't say it negatively, but I, I really think everybody has their moments where they just over, where it's just too much. It's just too, it's just too much. I think it's across the board, to be honest with you, so it's, it's not any one person. Wow, okay. That's, that sticks out to me. You think there's uh, people uh, higher or lower on the scale of overdoing it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's doing a lot, but I, I think Bruce Willis does a really good job. Like, it, it is right in his wheelhouse of the, yeah. the, the grizzled guy who doesn't give a shit and is, you know, going yeah. through a divorce or, you know, like all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, no, he is that character. He's, like, he yeah, is he's that guy. the guy. But I, I do think, like, this is a, a really fun role for him, and he does he bring, he does all the perfect Bruce Willis stuff. Like it, it's it's right on. It's pitch perfect. Play it soft. Play it soft. You gotta play it hard. Let's play it hard. And I think yes, Mila uh, Jovovich actually does really good. Like to me, this might be her best performance. Uh, like I think she I think she really does a great job of portraying Lilu as like naive and kind of childish and genuinely, like to me it's very emotional like when she's brought back to life and she's so, like her physicality, she does really good physically scared in the tube and then breaking free and when she's walking along the, the edge of that building, like she she seems, gen like she just sees the world, this new world that she's, you know, she's thousands of years old and she's just so in shock. I, I think she does a really good job and uh, I was reading about how uh, Luke, Bess the director Luc Besson and her, like, sort of uh, created this language, like that language that she speaks. She really, like, to make it more fluent and sound natural, they just practiced and they spoke in this language to each other for a while. Like, and that though that level of detail really comes through to me uh, in her performance. Uh, so I think I think she does a really good job, and, and her, the danger of her, like she she portrays the danger really well too. Like you, you can believe that she is capable, like behind her eyes of of being a killer. Um, I think Gary Oldman is is kind of, I think people really either love his performance or or hate it. I think it's great that he's having such a good time, but I I, I don't uh, his is the hardest one for me now. My favorite. Like looking back when I watch it, I, like. I, uh, it's weird. The choices being made are just like, like, and maybe he didn't really give a shit. Have you, uh, in 2014, he gave a quite infamous interview to Playboy in which he kind of said like, I, he doesn't like this movie and he kind of only did it to, because Luc Besson was doing a favor for him, uh, like unrelated. Wow. Uh, and kind of trashed did not know that. the fifth element a little bit. As well as, <laughs> go go Google Gary Oldman 2014 Playboy interview uh, for those who are unfamiliar. Where he he's defending. I am unfamiliar. He's defending. Uh, 
He's defending Mel Gibson, amongst others, and, and using very oh, no. inflammatory language. He uses all of oh, the no. slurs and, and really says, oh, like, no, why, Gary. <laughs> yeah, like why, why do people care? You're all hypocrites. Who hasn't, who hasn't talked like that and stuff like that? And you're oh, like, okay. ugh. <laughs> what is this? Gary, Gary, Gary. <laughs> this is wholly unnecessary, Gary. Uh, it's, 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 a rough, it's a rough interview, even... Like, even if you're not super sensitive. But uh, anyway. Well, that's the hard-hitting investigative journalism that Playboy is known for. <laughs> well, Playboy interviews were always so famous uh, as being great uh, great articles in there. But I think that people think, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a cigar and a drink and talk to Playboy. And we're so classy and open here. And, and then you, you, you let a little too much out, Gary. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Uh, but then Chris Tucker. Let's talk about Chris Tucker because... I mean, obviously... I. So I think he is, he's the best part of the film. I mean, you love Bruce Willis, but this is a Bruce Willis role. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what I expected. He delivered. Great. I, I, I think Chris Tucker sh showed some range here, even, even though this is a very Chris Tucker, like loud, flamboyant, uh, you know, uh, in-your-face, aggressive performance. But, but his ability to stop on a dime and he gets really, he gets like subtle and intimate at a couple times and they would just get in someone's face and, and then back to this big character. Like there, there was, I feel like he played it, he made it his own yes. in, a, in a really strong way. I, I, I think he was great. He's the, by far the best part of the film for me and I'm biased because I am a big fan of Chris Tucker's. But having not seen the film, it's not like Money Talks where he is just, you know, a motor mouth, you know, Chris Tucker impersonation, impersonating himself. He really does play a character yeah. who happens to also be flamboyant and boisterous and all those sort of things that he embodies so well. But he still made it his own. It wasn't, I didn't see Chris Tucker. That's how good Chris Tucker was in this film. I, I, I didn't just go like, oh, that's Chris Tucker in a wig. I go, oh, this is this character. This yeah. is who this character is. He had some, some subtlety and some stuff sort of happening underneath the surface that, uh, that maybe people don't give him credit for, I, I don't know. But I can see people sort of overlooking it. I, I thought he did great, I, I'm not gonna lie. No, I, I did too. Uh, and I've always loved it because it's always been hilarious. But on rewatching it recently, it really is like, it's his best performance. <laughs> like it's the, his best ever performance. Yeah. Because he does, Absolutely. he does the most. Like you said, he's playing a character and I'm really blown away by like, I don't know, like I don't know Chris Tucker obviously, so maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but like his willingness to be this character, I think is is really cool. Like especially in, in 96, 97, where you know he's coming off of Friday, and then you're like, you're because he's flamboyant, and, yeah, sure, but in other films, but not like this. You know, like this is a very <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sexually androgynous uh character that uh yeah. that like is wearing like you know wearing very feminine clothing and like that that's just not something that you would naturally expect uh, from from an actor at that time like it's just it's really yeah. really cool and he does do a ton of stuff even even when he's being funny that to me is more than he does in other roles like the like the, the subtlety of of when he's holding the gun to the creature and you know and and Bruce Willis is pulling the stones out of the blue woman's stomach. And he's like, you know, like, Corbin, this isn't me, Corbin, this isn't me. Like, I got a headache, Corbin, like, my head hurts. Like, you know. Groovy. Ah! Oh, sorry, 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 things will be okay. Like, all that stuff, like, like, it's just like, it's really great. It's really great. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that, again, he was willing to be this character that is really effeminate and really, like, cowardly 
openly screaming, yeah. like shrieking. Like that stuff is really funny and really, really, it's like he, he, he's a shot in the arm for this movie. A thousand percent. He, he's the best part of the movie, in my opinion. Uh, and, and it makes me wonder why he didn't pursue more acting roles that were more expansive. I, I just, I, I, I feel like you see it here and you go, oh, he, he has some talent. Like he, he could blossom into a really good actor. And obviously you don't know the ins and outs and his desire and, and how Hollywood work. Like you, you just don't know. So it's it, on the outside, it's hard to speculate or hard to even talk about, but in, intelligently. But I, I honestly wonder, because I, I feel like anyone who sees this movie can see the talent. Like I, you just look at it, you go, oh, there's talent here. Yeah, he, you know, he's a movie do star. With it? He's a movie star. Yeah, and I feel like he wasn't nearly as big as he should have been, although had a lot of success. Well, Why, that, I just, that was his. Kind that, of that was his decision. That's been his decision. Is when he came off of because he did this, he did a couple other movies, and then he did Rush Hour, and Rush Hour was the biggest thing in the world, and he was going right. to be the biggest star. Like he was the natural heir apparent to Eddie Murphy, uh, and and, and becoming like the biggest dude. And I don't think. For whatever reason, you know, it, it didn't interest him as much. I, I sort of like, you know, this is just me blindly speculating, but there's some energy of Dave Chappelle there for me, where it's like you kind of see behind the curtain <laughs> of, of Hollywood and, and how and dark just... things are back there. We're like, okay, you're, you're going to be the biggest star in the world. Here's here's what here's the collateral here's we you need from you, <laughs> you know. And you're like, okay, okay, yeah. no. And then, so he's popped up for those Rush Hour sequels, and then now in the last ten years or so, he'll pop up every few years in a movie. Um, I saw he's, he's in a, he's he's in a Air, right? He's in that new movie with Ben Affleck and oh, Matt Damon. Oh, is he in Air? I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm excited to see that movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, I didn't know it was... Um, he does stand-up. He's done some stand-up recently, too. He's, I know he's still active, but clearly, I just not to the degree that I feel like his, his star warrants, and maybe it is self-imposed. Yeah. I, hope, I hope it is for, for his sake that there wasn't sort of just lost potential. No, I, because I, I, I love think, I love Chris Tucker. Yeah, so. I think he 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 chose to not 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 pursue it as as much. But yeah, he he's incredible, and I'm just so happy that he's in this movie. Originally, uh, the director says it was going to be Prince. Prince was going to play that role, which honestly, good, like, I like makes sense. Yeah, like no, but I would like <laughs> love to also see that. Like Chris Tucker is great, yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Prince is would also be fun for him to for us to be able to look back on Prince with that role. Um, of course. And then it was also, so it came, after Prince couldn't do it, it came down to Chris Tucker or Jamie Foxx. So I'm very glad it, it's oh, Chris wow. Tucker. Because I wouldn't Me like too. it as much if it was Jamie Foxx. I, I tell you, I love Jamie Foxx. A lot of heroes from, from my 90s, from the 90s. Two, that's two of them. Yeah. But um, I, I would prefer Chris Tucker in this. Yeah. In this role. I mentioned some of the stuff I loved about the future design. I really yep. love, can I say, the airplane situation. Why haven't we done that yet? How come we haven't moved to little cubbies where you can lay down? I believe, I believe that there are some Asian airlines that do some form of that. That's how airplanes should be. Get rid of the seats and make these little, <laughs> little coffins <laughs> that you can just slide into. And Dining when coffin. you have the option of being like gassed <laughs> to go to sleep, that's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> you, you heard it here, American Airlines. <laughs> Wouldn't you, rather, wouldn't you rather be able just to lay down on every flight? Of course, but I, yeah, I don't understand. It feels archaic at this point of why flying hasn't changed 
in, in all the years that it has been in existence. Like, it is still the same. It's still very much like a bus in the sky. And I don't understand why, like, that just hasn't evolved to be an easier, smoother ride for for everyone, not just, like, first class. Yeah. I did, like, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Speaking of someone that flies first class, <laughs> we're happy the way it is. <laughs> God damn, you elitist son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't always fly first class. Sometimes only comfort plus. <laughs> I'm out here sitting in the in the shitter. <laughs> you're, you're, I always you're like calling the back of the plane steerage. Like <laughs> back there in steerage. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing ever. And I, I always ride in the back of planes too. But I just I just think it's funny. It's funny. You leave us cattle alone. <laughs> Whatever. You you're we Keith Keith not a Keith playing the blue collar role here. He's always up front I'm an everyman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an everyman just like you. <laughs> so the director, Luc Besson, who we've mentioned a few times, a French guy, is, is, is really interesting, I think. Uh, an interesting artist in a lot of ways. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw The Professional, Leon the Professional. Parts of it. It's with the young girl. It's the older Na Natalie Portman and, and, and as a little girl. And then... Uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you've seen parts of it. Jean Reno, yeah, as, as the guy. That, that's a very polarizing film as well. And uh, I, I really like that movie, and I really liked it when I was a teenager. And so there was this back-to-back -back of, like, The Professional and then Fifth Element, and it was like, oh, this, this Luc Besson guy, like, this guy makes really good films. Like, my he's, he's one of my favorites when I was a teenager. Um, but then he, he's never really done much that I can recall outside of these two movies that I've ever... He did La Femme Nikita before these, which I, I haven't seen, but that was, uh, I think, a really well-appreciated uh, smaller film. Um, he's had some problems, he's had some accusations, but uh, he was, just as, a, as gossip, that, that's what we like to do here, he was, uh, <laughs> he was initially married to the woman who played the blue opera singer, so that was his second wife, uh, who they started dating when she was 15, and he was 31. And she Ooh. had a baby when he when she was 16. And then they were together for a while. And then he left her halfway through this movie for Mila Jovovich. <laughs> oh. And then they oh. married uh, for two years. So there's and it was surprising it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. So there's and then and then I think part of the reason some people are a little uncomfortable by the professional is now there there's been people that are like, oh, I think I think it was the woman, his his second wife, the the blue opera singer, who said that movie was inspired by our relationship. Leon, I think I'm kind of falling in love with you. And then that makes yeah. it a little more uncomfortable because because then you're, you're looking at the professional as though there is some sort of sexual dynamic between 12-year-old yeah. Natalie was Portman. There, was there a, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't remember the film, really. I feel like I've seen parts of it here and there. Was there a sexual dynamic between, I don't remember how old she was. If she was 12, God, I hope not, but. Well, yeah, she was 12, and he was a, a very, you know, he was a, a grown man. Um, but yeah. there wasn't, I think that's kind of a point of contention. Uh, in the film as it is, not really. Like she, the, the little girl, at one point, uh, like I think speaks to him or puts on like like a uh, like a sexy top or something that she thinks because she thinks that like because her parents are total fuck ups and uh, she thinks that that sexuality is the way to get somebody to do something for you and and but he is mm -hmm. very like no 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 and so 
we watched it not too long ago, and I was like grateful because I didn't remember it, and I was like, oh my god, is is that what this movie is gonna be? And that wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. that wasn't to me there. Like, thank God. Uh, but yeah. then I read that in some deleted scenes that the, that goes a little further and it gets a little murkier. Like so, so it's, thank God it's they weird. took it out. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, but yeah, that movie yeah. is is good. <laughs> I think. Um, so. Is he is he good friends with Woody Allen? <laughs> there is. He's French. Eh, you know the French. They got different ways of looking at things. <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever do you ever see that movie uh, Gigi? No. Okay, Gigi is a is a is an old old film from like the fifties or sixties, a musical, uh, starring Leslie uh, Caron. There's a very famous song in that movie that I thought was very endearing as a. Uh, as a little boy, my grandma, this is a movie I watched at my grandma's house, and it's like this old Frenchman like walking along. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven. Like this old French actor walking along like a, a, a body of water in Paris. I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven for little girls. And the song's called like Little Girls. For little girls get bigger every day. And the, the whole thing is just like, little girls. They grow up in the most delightful way. Little girls, they make the world go round. Like, it's, it's like literally like, like, those little eyes so helpless and appealing. It's, it's like, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Can we, I don't, I, Obviously every line that Chris Tucker has is pretty hilarious. I really think there's not really much he says that isn't, actively very funny. Um, so I, I'm not gonna quote every line of his, but uh, all that all that shit is great. Maybe my favorite line is when, uh, is when, cause she's like obsessed with saying multipass, multipass, as they're like checking in for the flight to Floss in Paradise. And she's multi, Lilu, multipass. Lilu Dallas, multipass. And, and then he goes like, Yeah, she knows it's a multipass. Yeah, anyway, we're in love. Anyways, we're in love. <laughs> like just the delivery that Bruce Willis has there is like really, it's like really perfect Bruce Willis stuff. I, I wanted to look because I was, I really thought I noticed this time more than anything, like the costumes. I really think outside of some of the, the issues with the literal alien costumes, like the, the clothing costumes are yep. pretty amazing, pretty amazing design. And so I was like, man, like that had to at least have been nominated. Right, like you have a famous designer and these really unique, epic designs. Not nominated. This film was nominated for one Oscar, uh, sound editing, which it lost to oh, wow. Titanic because everybody lost to Titanic in yeah, every category in, in these Oscars. It's a, it's crazy looking back. Like obviously Titanic was a huge deal, but that it was it basically cl clean swept <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, won every Oscar possible. So I thought, oh, it should be nominated for art decoration, which was, you know, production design back then, uh, and costume design. Not, both of those categories also won by Titanic, which is kind of funny if you think about, I don't know, like Titanic, obviously, a hugely important film piece. and a very good film. But does that, does that have better costumes than this movie? I don't know. And then you look at the other, the other nominees. So you had Titanic, Amistad, uh, Kundun, Oscar and Lucinda and the Wings of the Dove. And so I had never heard of Oscar and Lucinda and the Wings of the Dove, but they're like two 
British romances, like period piece romances. Like, how fucking boring. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing here? Like that. Well, they didn't win. I know, but so, but I, I just mean like, it's really fascinating. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But like, looking back at ninety seven, which was an incredible year for films. This is also the year that Boogie Nights was basically shafted at the at the Oscars the next year. So, but like, you look back at uh, at year uh, at specific years of cinema decades later, and it's like there's there's millions of people that still talk about the Fifth Element. Who still talks about Oscar and Lucinda or the Wings of the Dove? Like, fucking no one. Like, it's just... It's, you know, but you know what movie people do still talk about? Titanic? It's Titanic. <laughs> it's Titanic. People, that still gets brought up yeah. from time to time. Yeah, I'm just saying. Pretty funny. Pretty, pretty, pretty whack, really. A world where nothing is what it seems. I love you. The story. You're a story guy. Were you not interested mm -hmm. in the story at all? Did you not did you not see value in the story itself outside of let's say the direction or the style? Uh, min minimal, but I don't think it's as creative uh, as you kind of think it is. <laughs> I think you just fell in love with the movie at a young age, and that's totally fine. We all have movies that we just love as kids. We grow up, and maybe they're not as good as we remember them to be. I mean, the, the film at its heart is, is just sort of a damsel in distress tale. Not at you know, all. With... She's not in distress at all. She's not a damsel in distress. She's the hero. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. Me, protect you. Fine, and I guess you're right. It's not like a traditional damsel in distress. She, but it's, it's just like, they have to like, save the day. It doesn't like jump out to me as like, wow, this is horribly, this is, this is so creative and so original and so like, wow, I would have never, you know, like they just have to save the day. Yeah, but kind I mean, of, if you simplify anything down to that, I mean, that kills an entire, it kills like three genres of films. Like, oh, okay, so you don't like war movies, you don't like adventure films, you don't like, the, like you know, like superhero no, movies, they all, they're all just have to save to those... the day. Nah, I mean, there's nuance to some of the good ones. There's a little more, there's, there's kind of subplots that happen, and there's other different motivations that uh, that drive the story forward. You know, like, there's different elements that can make it original. The fifth element. Underneath all that. What? There's different elements in the fifth element. Thank heaven. Thank heaven. Thank heaven.